This is Pastor Mike, and I want to welcome you to the Life Fellowship Podcast. I know that the trials of each of you experience can often feel overwhelming, and at those times, the enemy tries to bring discouragement into your life. Remember that in John 16, Jesus tells us to be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. Today, as you listen, I pray that God's word ministers to you and that the power of the Holy Spirit deposits joy and peace into your situation. God is so good, and I'm so glad that we have his grace today. And I want to take just a few moments and share with you a few thoughts this morning about living on the threshold of your destiny. Living on the threshold of your destiny. And if you haven't figured this part out about life, I want to give you a couple quick points before we go into our text. The devil never takes a break. I can, can, how many of you can remember the first Gulf War with uh, George Bush Sr.? I can remember, and, and I think I'm correct here, that on Ramadan, which I believe is the Muslim holiday, that we did not bomb them on Ramadan. That we gave them that religious respect and we did not bomb them on Ramadan. I want to tell you something. The devil doesn't take a break because you're serving God. And this walk we're in is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And we have to treat it spiritually as such. Because if you treat a marathon like it's a sprint, I can tell you what will happen to you. You'll give up and you'll burn out and you'll quit. But this thing that we're in, it's a marathon. And Satan never takes a break. You know, I wish I could get up here this morning and tell you that, you know, Stephanie and I, we obeyed the Lord and we moved to Texas and we just never have any problems. That would be wonderful. But I can't do that because Satan never takes a break. Amen. And I want to just share a few thoughts with you this morning about how as the church, I feel like so oftentimes there are so many people that live literally on the threshold of breaking into their destiny. But because they don't learn to deal with everyday life problems, they never walk into it. Everyday life can keep you. You don't have to have something drastic take place in your life to keep you from your destiny. It can be everyday things. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Jeremiah chapter 12. Jeremiah chapter 12. I'm going to read four verses to you this morning. Now, Jeremiah in this text, he's got some questions he's going to ask the Lord. Maybe some of you have had some questions to ask God at some point in your walk. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 1. I love the way Jeremiah starts this off. Righteous are you, O Lord, when I plead with you. Yet let me talk with you about your judgments. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? And why are those happy who deal so treacherously? You have planted them. Yes, they have taken root. 
They grow, and yes, they even bear fruit. You are near in their mouth, but far from their mind. But you, O Lord, know me. You have seen me, and you have tested my heart towards you. Pull them out. Listen to what he says right here. Jeremiah's giving the Lord some advice. Lord, pull them out like sheep for the slaughter and prepare them for the day of slaughter. Then dropping down to verse 5, the Lord answers Jeremiah. And he says, if you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with horses? And in the land of peace in which you have trusted, they wearied you. Then how will you do in the floodplain of Jordan? God, I ask you right now in this place this morning that you would allow your word to, Lord, just come alive in our life this morning, in our spirit, God, that it would just be imparted into us and we would use it for the building up of your kingdom in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. How many of you have ever had some questions you just wanted to ask the Lord? I mean, come on. I mean, uh, I'm not talking about questions you let the preacher or your wife know you're you're asking. It's just some one-on-one questions, some things that you don't really understand. God, why? And so this is where Jeremiah is at this place in his ministry, in his life. He said, and and I love the way he starts it off. He said, Lord, the first thing I want you to know, I know you're righteous in everything that you do. God, you are perfect in all of your ways. He said, yet, I want to talk to you about some of the things that you do. God, I know you're perfect, but I want to talk to you about some of the things that you do. So he says, Lord, why do the wicked prosper? How many times have you ever asked yourself that type of question? Lord, I don't understand it. Look, I I know so-and-so, they're they're serving the Lord. They're doing everything they, they can do to serve the Lord, but yet they still ended up getting sick. They got cancer. And Lord, I know a drug dealer down the road over there, and it looks like he's prospering. He's driving a new car every single week. I mean, come on, we've all wondered, Lord, why does this take place? He said, Lord, why do the wicked prosper? Not only that, Lord, but he said, you planted them. God, if it wasn't for you allowing it, God, they couldn't have even been planted to grow. But God, you you allowed them to land it. That's a new word. You look that up at the end of the day. God, you allowed them to be planted. And God, not only did you plant them, but they grow. Then he goes on to say, God, not only do they grow, but you're allowing them to bear fruit. Now, God, I know you're righteous, but I've just got a few questions. He goes on to say, Lord, they, they, they come to church on Sunday, but during the week they don't live like you. That's what it says. He said, oh, Lord, they're near in your mouth, in their mouth, but, Lord, they, you are far from their mind and their heart. In other words, they come into church on Sunday, but they are far from you. So Jeremiah, I I wonder how long this conversation took because he sits back and he says in verse 3, after he's talked about everybody else, he says, Lord, but you know me. Lord, you know the kind of man that I am. He says, so Lord, I'm going to give you some advice. God, if you would, take those people and kill them what it says 
let's just, if everybody would take their halo off this morning, I see many, and I, let's set it down beside you in the seat beside you. There's just been some people in your life. Thank you, brother. That sometimes you've just thought, man, if I could get away with it. Lord, why are they even here? So Jeremiah tells the Lord, he said, Lord, I, I know you're righteous. I know you've got the best plan, but God, let me help you out. Just pull them out like sheep to the slaughter. God, do away with them because they are useless. Jeremiah's having a pity party. Anybody ever had a pity party? I mean, where you feel like you, listen, Lord, I've been going to church three weeks and I've tithed today and nothing's changed yet. I don't understand what's going on, God. I, I'm doing the correct things, but it seems like that the wicked continue to prosper. And what Jeremiah is dealing with, every day in and every day out, he is seeing the problems of the world come against him. He's trying to serve the Lord, but yet there are wicked people that still give him a fit. There are things in life that still buffet him and give him problems and I love the way the Lord answers and I want I want us to look at verse 5 again he said Jeremiah let me let me ask you something if you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you then how can you contend with horses and I want to talk to you about the footmen this morning and what footman problems really are in your life in ancient times and and I guess even still in the time we live in wartime today in ancient times in particular they would send footmen against the city wall to wear down the wall because there would be a mighty entourage of horses and chariots that would eventually come through and seize the victory but they would send the footmen out to begin with to begin to wear down the opposing army. Little by little. And the enemy did not care that the footmen were killed. Footmen were expendable. They just sent them over and over and over. Many, I mean, if you've ever watched a movie like Braveheart or, or maybe some of the old Revolutionary War movies before people really learned how to fight in battle, they would just walk out in the field and... and I, has anybody ever really wondered what those guys were thinking? I mean, you're the first one on the front line. I mean, Russell's the opposing army, and I'm on the other army. And you get up there, and you got a smile on your face, and you say, okay, everybody cock your guns. And they aim it, and they shoot each other. I mean, that was some crazy people. That's not part of my sermon. I just thought I wanted to share that this morning. But the footman would come at you over and over and over again. And it was to wear the opposing army down. It was to just wear them down. And I want to tell you, the footman problems that you and I deal with in life, it's the everyday things that are meant to wear you down. Even though the cross of Jesus has given you victory, how many of you know that it's the everyday things that wear you down? It's the complications in life. It's the complications on your job. It's the complications with your family. It's the complications with your marriage that can just wear you down. And listen, footman problems come out of nowhere. 
Oftentimes you don't see them coming. All of a sudden everything will be going fine. You'll leave a service on Sunday and think, man, God's blessed me so much. I'm not going to have any problems this week. But before long, you're experiencing the footman coming at you again. The enemy's never going to waste much time trying to bring things against your life to discourage you. And it happens to everybody. No Christian is exempt from having footman problems in your life. They're meant to spoil the fruit of the vine. They're meant to keep you from your destiny. The Bible says it's the little foxes in Song of Solomon that spoil the vine, not the big things. It's the everyday irritations. It's those thorns in the flesh, as Paul says, that come against us day after day. When you think everything's going along just fine, all of a sudden you find yourself facing footman problems. And I want to share a little story about footman problems that Stephanie and I experienced. I guess it's been about seven years ago. We were planning a vacation. Has anybody ever noticed that when you plan on doing something like a vacation, that footman problems seem to just fall out of the air sometimes. I mean, somebody will get sick or something will happen. I mean, it's like it's impossible to get it together. Well, Steffi and I, we were planning a vacation. We were going to Smith Mountain Lake, which is a real popular uh, vacation spot back in Virginia up in the mountains. And we, uh, we, man, we were excited. We had rented this real nice house on the lake for all week. And, and we had a ski boat and a bass boat. And we had everything. But we were going <clears> to... <throat> We were good Christians, so we went to church on Sunday morning before we left on vacation. I mean, I'm, I'm going the extra mile to show the Lord that he's important in my life. And to top it all off, that morning before I left the house, our pastor called, and he said, uh, and, I, and I hadn't been licensed very long in the church of God, and he called and he said, Mike, I want to ask you something. He said, the state overseer is going to be with us today. Would you and your wife sit with them and just host them today? And, of course, being a young minister, I was like, man, yes, we would love to do that. I tell Stephanie, I said, the state overseer is going to be there today, and the pastor has asked us to host the state overseer. What, what an, and I'm going on vacation afterwards. What an exciting, what a blessed time to be alive and loving the Lord. My, how quickly things can change we leave our house in the morning we're going up the road and I'm pulling one of the boats with a, with the inner tube in it now I had this inner tube stuffed down in this boat really good and let me Stephanie said does that need to be strapped down so y'all know where the story's going and I said no it's fine I've got it taken care of and, and I drive a little faster sometimes than some people. So even if I'm pulling up, thank you, Dalton. If we, even if I'm pulling a trailer. And I, so we take off and we're going up the road and we're headed to church. And we have about a 25-mile ride to church up a four-lane highway. And so I'm running 65, 70 miles an hour. And I'm pulling one of the boats and Stephanie's pulling the other one behind her uh, SUV. And, uh, well, I, I get to church and Stephanie is not behind me. And I look and I realize that the inner tube is gone out of my boat. So I call Stephanie and say, where are you at? We're going to be late. And little, little did I know that she was on the side of the interstate in her Sunday attire 
rolling around on the ground trying to get the air out of this inner tube because it won't fit in the SUV or the boat. So she's in her high heels and her shirt and her slacks and, and, and she is literally, she said, rolling. You know how you're doing air mattress. She's in the medium strip, this crazy looking woman rolling around on this inner tube on Sunday morning. And and, and, and I'm like, sit, look, we've got, we've got, you got to get to church. Now, this is where everything gets a little blurry for me. I, I don't know everything that transpired over the next five or ten minutes. I just want to let everyone in the house know it did not go well. So I, find, I said, well, pull up here at Hardy's up here, and I'll pull back up there and meet you. Well, when, by the time we got there, we were both mad as fire with one another. Both the, Anthony and Emily were crying. And I said, well, come on, we got to go to church. She said, I'm not going to church. She said, if you want to go to church, you go to church. But I'm not going to church. I said, the state overseer is going to be there today. What am I supposed to tell him? She said, I don't care what you tell him. I'm not going to church. So I get back in my car. She said, I said, where are you going? She said, I'm going on vacation. She said, I'll... She said, if you want to come, you can come after church. That's fine. But I'm going on vacation. And to shorten this story up, after I went to church with my head tucked and get to vacation, we go to put one of the boats in the water and we have a flat tire on the trailer in the middle of the road. Same afternoon, I take the spare tire off and replace the tire, and when I took the jack out from under, that tire was dry rotted and that tire blew, and we had to leave that boat on the side of the road. Footman problems. Anybody ever had a day similar? I mean, it seems like everything is going wrong that can go wrong. But I want to tell somebody in this place this morning, don't get discouraged because things seem to be trying to come against you, against your home, against your life. God has a great destiny for you. It's just a sign that you're headed in the right direction. The, most of those things are just tests so that you can overcome and get to the place that God wants you to be. Three things I want you to see about footman problems. They are called to steal your rest. We were supposed to go on vacation, but it took three days for us to even begin to talk to each other much anymore. And I don't know if any of you men have ever been in that position. Thank you. Thank you. But it's not very restful. 
And I want to tell you that when footman problems come your way, it's meant to steal your rest. Exodus 33, 14, God tells Moses, my presence will go before you and you will have rest. Psalms 4, 8 says, in peace I will lie down and rest for you alone, Lord. Make me dwell in safety. Psalms 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He allows me, he restores my soul. I begin to think about that scripture. The sheep are able to sleep because the shepherd is watching over them. It's not the fact that the enemy is not on the prowl. And I want you to get this this morning. Yes, the enemy is on the prowl in your life. Yes, he wants to send footman problems against your marriage, your home, your job. But can I tell you, the great shepherd is watching over you today. He's watching over your life. And you can still have rest in your life. God wants you to have rest. Jeremiah is also told by the Lord, an interesting part of this text, he says, if you can't deal with footman problems, how do you expect to contend with the horses? And I looked up some things about horses on Saturday, and it seems that horses do not tire very easily. Horses have what's called a gait. They have a, a gate about them when they run. And if they're just kind of running in that gate, they can run on and on and on. And there's something about them they're equipped to rest while they're moving forward. And I want to tell you, the enemy wants in the church, he wants to stop the church's forward progression for the Lord. He wants to wear you down with the footman problems, where your gate stops, where you stop moving forward. But I'm declaring today by Almighty God that because of the blood of Jesus, you don't have to stop where you are. You can continue a forward motion for the Lord. Somebody needs to tell the enemy today, I'm not standing still. I'm not staying where I am, but I am a I am going forward for the Lord. Horses have a gait. They're able to rest while they're even standing. This is the last time, devil, you've robbed my peace. Devil, this is the last time you've robbed me of my rest. Footman problems are meant to rob you of rest. And that's something that's lacking in today's society. Many of us never really rest. How many, how many of you, honestly, go to bed at night with so many things on your mind you can't fall asleep? Let's, let's be honest this morning. Because your mind is so full, can I tell you that the great shepherd says to cast your cares, cast your burdens upon me, for I care for you. Don't let the footman problems of life rob you of your rest. You're right on the threshold of God doing something great. You're right on the threshold of breaking through in revival in your own life. The second thing that footman problems bring into your life as they impede your vision. Joseph in Genesis 45, what a great story. Joseph lived a life of footman problems. He was disowned by his own family. Can anybody relate? He had a boss whose wife was wicked. She had him thrown in jail, so his second family has turned their backs on him. And after he got in jail, he had... Men in the prison that forgot about him. He interpreted dreams for people in prison. He said, don't forget about me. But yet they forgot about him. Joseph lived a life 
of problems coming his way. But I want to tell you, he never lost sight of the vision God had given him. As a young boy, the Bible says he had a dream. And in that dream, God gave him a vision of him being a leader among men. God gave him a vision of providing provision for his people. And all along the way, Joseph never stopped believing in the vision that God gave him. And I want to tell somebody this morning, your attitude in the trial will depict how far you make it in your destiny. Let me say that for anybody that missed it. Your attitude in the trial will depict how far you're able to make it into your destiny. I don't read anywhere in Scripture that Joseph was screaming and complaining. Everything that happened to Joseph, he continued to serve. Even after being thrown into jail, leaving Potiphar's house, the Bible says he began to serve the jailers to the point that where the jailers even gave him the keys and says, you just run things. You, Joseph could be trusted to serve. Mm. This is, this, i got to give this side note right here. If you're going to serve, be someone that can be trusted to serve. If you have a job to fulfill, be there on time. If you've got something to do, just, just fulfill your obligation to the Lord. And I'm not just talking about in this church. I'm talking about for God in general. Be trusted to serve. Joseph was trusted to serve. The Bible says that in Genesis 45, that he revealed himself to his brothers. And he tells his brothers, he says, I know that you meant evil against me, but God had another plan. I know I've had footman problems along the way, but my vision was never impeded because of what was going on. I knew that God had a plan for me. Uh, another thing I learned about horses is they see 350 degrees, almost completely around them. They have they have monocular vision and binocular vision. In other words, a horse can see something that's very close, but he also has binocular vision that he can look way down the road and see what lies ahead. And I want to tell somebody in this place this morning, I know that God has put vision inside of you. It may have been when you were a child or when you first got saved and because the problems of life come and begin to wear you down, oftentimes we will begin to lack vision of where, well, I thought I knew where God was taking me. Oh, I thought I knew the direction to take. Can I tell you, if God has given you direction, most likely he has not changed his mind. The enemy has brought things into your life to deter you from following what God has for you. Can I tell you this morning, get back in the saddle. Begin to follow the vision that God has given you for your life. Don't get sidetracked. Jo Joseph never lost sight of his vision. And I want to ask you this morning, how many of you have lost sight of the vision God has given you for your life? Something great that you wanted to do for him. The footman problems of life coming against you can impede your vision. And then number three, they'll make you forfeit your calling. I want to read something from 1 Kings 19, I didn't give you this, Terry. If you want to put it up, that's fine. 1 Kings 19, 14 through 19. And I want to read this real quick. This is Elijah talking. 
And he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, Go and return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, anoint Hazel as king over Syria, and also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel Mahola, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. And it shall be that whatever escapes the sword of Hazel, Jehu will kill, and whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha shall kill. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all of whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. I want to focus back on verse 16. He said, you shall, anoint him, uh, you shall anoint him as prophet in your place. I, I truly believe that Elijah's ministry was not over. God still had things for him to do. But all of a sudden, the, and I want you to think about this. Elijah had just come from Mount Carmel. He had just come from one of the greatest spiritual victories mentioned in the Bible. But footman problems brought him down to the place where he totally forfeited forfeited his calling for the Lord. And church, I want to tell you today, I don't care how far you've been in God. I don't care how deep you've been in God. I don't care how much anointing you've ever experienced in your life. If you're not careful, the footman problems of life that come against you day by day, one day you'll just get tired and say, God, I can't do it anymore. I, I'm the only one that's in this place. I want to tell you, God has reserved for him Himself plenty that suffer just like you do and don't forfeit the calling and anointing that God has given you. God has called you for such a time as this. God's calling on his children to rise up and recognize that this is a latter day reign of his anointing that he's about to pour out on his church. And I want to be part of it. I want to be a part of that anointing. Don't forfeit your calling. Horses have a drive to win. Horses. He says, he says, Jeremiah, how do you expect to contend with the horses if you can't even deal with the footman problems? The last part of verse 5 talks about living in the floodplain of Jordan. And that was known as the land of the lions. He said, if if you've been disrupted in the land of peace, listen to this, and if in the land of peace in which you have trusted they have wearied you, then how will you do in the floodplain of Jordan? Leave that up there. God is telling Jeremiah, Jeremiah, all of these problems have nothing to do with who I am. Jeremiah, your faith is supposed to be so rooted in me. I know the world's got trouble, but the scripture tells us in this world, there will be trouble. But do not fear, because I, I have overcome the world. He tells Jeremiah, he said, listen, you're living in the land of peace. You're living in the land of peace. Why? Because I'm here. And I want to tell you, church, I know things in this world seem to be going crazy, but don't anybody get nervous because I've got good news. Jesus is still on the throne. Nothing has been interrupted in heaven, and he is still the prince of all peace. You and I don't have reason to fear today because our peace is in him. 
It's not in the system. It's not, it's not even in this church. Our peace is in God because he's never been moved by anything. He is still on the throne. He says, how will you do in the floodplain of Jordan? He's telling Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, there's a land of lions that I need you to conquer. And if you can't survive in the land of peace, how in the world will I entrust you to go into the land where the lions are? And church, I want to tell you something. God's calling you out of where you are to step across the threshold into your destiny. We have too many Christians that are sidelined because life has gotten too hard. But God's calling you today, step out from where you are because you don't have to fear. When you begin to experience footman problems, they show that you're dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. Can I encourage you this morning? The devil wouldn't buffet you so hard if he didn't see that there was great potential for you to impact God's kingdom. He sees that there's potential in you to impact the kingdom of the Lord. If, you'll have, if you have a great destiny, you'll fight many footmen. Many footmen will come against you, but the battle's not yours. The battle is not yours, it is the Lord's. Psalms 24, 7 through 10 says, Lift your heads, O ye gates, be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? He goes on to say, The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, oh, I want to tell you, God is still strong and mighty. Lift up your head this morning and recognize that the battle is not yours, but it is the Lord's. I don't care what you're fighting in your family, in your marriage, in your job, in your finances, in your body. The battle is not yours, but but it is the Lord's this morning. Release yourself of the burden. Listen, release yourself of the burden this morning of carrying something you were never meant to carry. In the natural, you could never contend with horses or lions. It's not in our Makeup or DNA. You say, well, David did it. David had a special anointing. The only way I can tell you, I don't read in the Bible anybody else that just went out picking up lines and shooting slingshots at him. I, he had a slingshot anointing is all I can tell you. In the natural, you cannot contend with a destiny that requires you to overtake horses and lions. And I want to tell you what the footman problems do in your life. You see, what we'll do when footman problems come, Eric, if you'd go ahead and come. When footman problems come, we pray them away as quick as they can. 
I mean, when they come, we, we, God, I just ask you right now, Lord, just remove this out of my life. I, God, I, I, I don't want to deal with this. God, I want you to remove it right now. But I, I want to give you a little different perspective. And I'm not telling you to pray, not to pray for victory in your life. But I want to, I want to give you some encouragement this morning because this is the bottom line. The footmen are coming. Jim, the footmen are coming to your house. Brandy, the footmen are coming to your family. Stephanie, the footmen are coming to our house. The footmen are coming. Those problems that wear you down, the ones you didn't see coming. But the footmen prepare you to step in to a supernatural destiny. See, when you walk in destiny, it's a place that you couldn't normally see yourself at. It's a place where God has moved you to, and by His might and by His power, you're able to operate in, this, in that place. Think about Paul. Saul, Paul. He would have never thought of himself as the writer of most of the New Testament. That wouldn't have been part of his makeup that he was destined to be. But supernaturally, he had an encounter with God and he changed his life and he began to walk in a place he never saw himself walking. And I want to tell you in this place this morning that the footman problems may have been nonstop and severe in your life. But God is using them to prepare you to step in to a supernatural side of the walk that he has created for you. Because he's created you to step into a place where horses and lions and all of their strength and all of their attributes are nothing for you to overcome. Preacher, are you telling me this morning that the battle actually could get more intense at times? That's exactly what I'm telling you. But when you begin to recognize that my peace doesn't come from who I am, it comes because God is taking me somewhere and the peace promised in his word that whoever he calls, he will equip. Whoever he calls, he will protect. Psalms 91.1 says, He, oh, he that dwelleth in the the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God. In Him will I trust. Oh, His truth shall be my shield and buckler. A thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come nigh me. Oh, with my own eyes will I be Hold and see the reward of the wicked. God's telling you this morning, there is destiny inside of you. You, you may be right on the edge. You may have lived on the edge for 20 years, but he's saying today, oh, I want you to step in. I, I want you to step across the threshold. I want you to recognize that in me is where peace resides. This is what I want to do this morning. You may say, Pastor, I'm tired of coming through your line. That's fine. Don't come through. I'm not going to pray a specific prayer over anybody this morning. But I feel like that there is 
something that needs to take place. I'm going to do this right here. I don't think OSHA's going to check us this morning. That's a threshold. That's a threshold. And sometimes visually, you need to see yourself stepping over something, stepping into something so you can recognize God. I'm not staying on the other side any longer, but today I'm stepping in to a new destiny. I'm stepping in to a new place in you. This is what I want to do. I want to ask everybody, if you say, look, I want to step into a new, new part of my destiny. God has blessed me on the side that I'm on, but I know that he's got more. And you say today, I want to step in to a new part of my destiny. I want you to make a line all the way around, all the way around the building over here. And I want to pray for you as you just walk across the threshold. I want you to visually see yourself leaving the past behind. Listen, and I want you to get this this morning. This doesn't mean that the footmen are not going to be waiting when you get home. See, that's where we get discouraged. Well, I, I thought God did something in me, and oh, now I got, I got problems again. I, I, woke up with, I woke up with a sciatica just like I had yesterday. Listen, the footman may still come, but you can dwell in a place of peace that will allow you to step. Oh, and I want to tell you, when you get to running with the horses... The footman can't keep up any longer. Oh, I want to, you can get to a place where you can get so far in your destiny that the little things of life will never wear you out again. That's what I want to do. As you come through, we're going to lay hands on you, and I just want you to walk through in praise right now. We're going to pray. Thank you for listening to our podcast here at Life Fellowship Church in Hearst, Texas. God is doing great things at our church, and we would like for you to be a part. Join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.45 p.m. Get connected with us through Facebook or our website at www.lifefellowshiphurst.org. Thank you, and God bless.